Welcome to Short and Sweet Parenting Tips. I want to point out that this is still my pre-launch series in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is such an honor to walk alongside you all during this marathon of restrictions and isolation. Please know that you are not alone if you feel on top of your game one day and like you're circling the drain the next day. We all have seesaw good days and bad, even during business as usual, without a pandemic. You're doing great considering this unexpected situation. Be sure to give yourself grace and throw an extra dose of grace to your spouse and kids because we all need it. This is part two of accountability, motivation, and other naughty words. Personally, I consider part one as a kind of prerequisite of sorts. That being said, do you have to turn this off now and stop listening? No, of course not, (laughs) but I really do encourage you to go back and listen to part one at some point. You'll really be doing yourself and your kids a disservice if you move forward with my suggestions here without really understanding your kids' underlying emotions, which I covered in part one. My hope for this installment is that it will give you a new boost of ideas to help your family stay sane during this pandemic but also give you some new tactics that will outlive COVID-19. Before we dig in, I feel the need to say that I do believe that punishment is effective in certain circumstances, but in my experience, I don't find that it motivates kids to be more responsible. My go-to here is to put in place a pattern of incentives, find what your kid wants or values most, and create a system where they are rewarded for behaviors or activities you expect. Here's an example using my activity card method I discussed in my first podcast. As you may remember, my kids already started with 30 minutes of YouTube time in the morning. I rewarded them with 30 more minutes of YouTube to encourage them to do the two activities they are most unwilling to do, which are homework and outside exercise. Now when I'm talking to the girls, I don't use the words reward or incentive. When I'm talking to them, I use words like earn or sometimes get. Every kid is different, though. You just got to know how to frame it uh, for something that will resonate with them. So keep in mind your child's temperament and, of course, account for their age when creating a system. Regardless of age or personality, though, you can't have a 15-item to-do list and offer zero rewards in between, right? Notice my example, after they did their two hardest activities, they got a reward. So here I would like to give two quick scenarios. One time where incentives worked, and one time that they didn't. I'm using my own real life examples from my two previous episodes, so they will already be familiar to you. Can you think of the time incentives didn't work in part one of accountability, motivation, and other naughty words? Just to remind you, Robbie and I wanted to motivate our daughter to clean her room before bed by rewarding her with time to read. Pop quiz time. I bet you weren't expecting that. Do you remember why that incentive didn't work? Let me find some cheesy game show music to insert here. Oh yeah. So, contestant number one, do you have your answer ready? Why didn't that incentive to clean her room work? Uh, there was an underlying control issue? Ding, ding, ding. Yes, that is correct. Actually, if you didn't guess, that was Robbie. 
It's not like I could get anyone else during this social distancing. Anyway, (laughs) I just wanted to make the point that part one on control is really foundational to making incentives work. Understanding the feelings behind our kids' behavior is crucial to effectively motivating them. It is no surprise that our kids feel out of control right now. If we're all honest, we're probably right there with them. So now the example when incentives did work, it was the very first podcast called Structuring Your Day with Kids During COVID-19. Now that one isn't a prerequisite, so you're off the hook. In that situation, though, I actually asked the girls for their input and ideas up front, and then we negotiated down to a system we could both agree on. Another key to successfully using incentives is flexibility. So let me walk through a really meaty example. Hold on to your hair. I'm pulling from a lot of parenting tactics, some of which are new to this podcast. So walk with me as I troubleshoot the YouTube incentive I put in place a few weeks ago to motivate the girls to get out of bed on time. Recently, my oldest just hasn't managed to get out of bed, not caring that she was missing out on 30 minutes of free TV. Does that mean incentives don't work or that the whole system is bunk? No, it just means I need to find a new motivator. First, I waited a few days just to make sure that sleeping in was really becoming a habit. Then I asked my daughter if she had any ideas herself or if she could think of something that would help her get out of bed on time. This approach is a really great place to start with your kids. They have a chance to troubleshoot a solution themselves and maybe come up with something that you can negotiate into a really great creative solution and a solution that your kiddos already have buy-in. Also, to me, I feel like if I give them the opportunity to solve issues on their own terms and they don't take it, I'm free to come up with my own. So this particular time, my daughter wasn't interested in coming up with any ideas, so she didn't. I gave her another morning or two with gentle reminders, not losing my cool, and trying really hard not to lecture her, but after all, I'm only human. Later on, during a calm time, adult to adult, with respect, you should know this if you listen to part one, I sat down with her and mentioned that I wondered if she was staying up late reading. Now pause in the story while I point out something here. Notice, I did not ask if she was staying up past her bedtime reading. Neither did I point blank accuse her of doing that. Both of these might trap her into lying to me with nothing to gain for me. Plus, if she claimed she wasn't missing sleep by reading, I didn't want to give her a platform for arguing against the new incentive I was planning. Okay, back to the story. I pointed out to her that she had been enjoying the privilege of keeping her Kindle with her at night, but if she couldn't get up at our agreed-upon time and be at her desk at 8.30 ready for school, I would take her Kindle with me when I went to bed. Luckily in this situation, I was able to find a somewhat related privilege to lose or natural consequence for you love and logic folks out there. A couple other details I want to point out. I gave her fair warning that this would happen. I didn't walk in and snatch the Kindle away, even when I saw her reading it after her bedtime. Also, she didn't lose the Kindle immediately. She got the chance to comply on her own. Who knows, I might be sleeping with a Kindle under my pillow next week. All right, a little update and a new lesson learned. 
I did end up taking the Kindle for one evening because my daughter hadn't fully listened to all the criteria I gave her. A suggestion here would be having the kids repeat back to you what you expect specifically and what the incentive or privilege lost would be. I know they might roll their eyes at this. Just let them know you're trying to protect them and even throw me under the bus as an example if you need to. Okay, phew, I covered a lot there. Uh, But before I wrap up, I want to give you some insight on my approach to electronics because I do use it a lot as an incentive. I consider TV, cell phone, video games as a privilege that can be earned or lost. In this generation especially, I feel like our kids think they have some First Amendment right to have access to phones and video games that the Constitution gives them as underage kids. But I'm going to be real here. I'm surprised at how many parents seem afraid to take away their kids' cell phones. What baffles me even more is that some parents have never even considered withholding technology as a punishment or a motivator. Grounding your preteen to his room is not a punishment if his video games are in there. It's just not. In fact, you're doing him a favor. He gets unlimited video games and doesn't have to exercise and doesn't have to interact with the family. That's an 11-year-old boy's dream come true. Think it over. When it comes to motivating your kid, this kind of timeout doesn't encourage them to follow your rules. By the way, in a later official podcast, I will cover parental control apps. So just a quick recap. Incentives motivate, period. Find what your kid values. Let them know it's a privilege that can be earned or they can do without it. Also, please make an effort to be considerate and respectful when you interact with them. You will not only have more success, but you'll boost your kid's confidence and get the chance to improve that parent-child relationship, which is something is important to all of us. Remember also to be flexible. Accept that you may have to revisit the system if it stops working. I wish it wasn't so, but parenting is never tied up in a neat bow and put on a shelf. That's just the reality. Now before we close up, I hope you're not tired of me saying this. Please try to keep up the good attitude because that's what's really contagious. Thank you for sticking with me through this short and sweet tip on incentives. I hope it has given you a fresh dose of your own motivation. (laughs) See what I did there?